You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome to a special edition of The Conservative Conscience. I know we just put out a podcast just a day ago. Obviously, you know what I'm going to talk about, why we have this special edition. Here we are again. Another Islamic jihadist terror attack. 83 people killed, at least in in Nice, France. Um, This has become the new normal. Every week, several times a week, either in our country, elsewhere in the West, or even in the East, uh, Eastern civilization, you have another Islamic jihadist attack, and, and they keep intensifying. It gets more and more. Here we are again. You know, I'm not going to go through my view on this. You guys know this already. We've discussed it many times. I have a 1,300-word essay that's coming out today. We'll link up to it in the show notes, um, really going through my thoughts on this. Um, immigration, national security, th- there's certainly a lot to say on it, and you know, any anyone who's listening to this is smart enough to understand what we're up against. But what I want to specifically address today is Newt Gingrich's comments that are are making a lot of waves, eliciting a lot of condemnation, um, and people are wondering, you know, hey, it's kind of similar to stuff that I've been saying, other people have been saying. What's the difference? What's the distinction? It, it, it's important to understand, and and as our audience already knows. Politics doesn't fit on a bumper sticker. There are no bumper stickers. We go through things in long form. And there's good to what he said. There's things that are spot on. And there's problematic parts. And I want to go through that and use that as a springboard um, to give a kind of a vision of, A, what we're up against, and B, what can and should be done about it. So Newt Gingrich said last night in an interview with Network News, he basically said, and this is not a direct quote, um, I don't have it in front of me. It was an interview with Fox News' Sean Hannity. Every person here who is of Muslim background, he said, should be tested to determine whether he or she believes in Sharia. Um, if they do, they should be deported. Um, and then he, the second thing he said was more or less anyone who visits a website favoring a group like ISIS or al-Qaeda or another terrorist group should be found guilty of a felony and should go to jail you know, for simply clicking on on a website. And everyone's saying, oh my gosh, you know, this is blatant violation of the Constitution, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, First Amendment. Um, it's very important to separate the wheat from the chaff because this is a very dangerous fine line between problems with with Newt's statement and then problems with some of the people condemning him. And I think a lot of them are missing it. They're overcompensating each other. There's 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 a middle ground that is very important that needs to be addressed. There are distinctions. There's distinct groups. Let's divide them up between three people. There are those who prospectively want to come and immigrate. There's those who are already here, granted permission to immigrate here, but have not yet 
gone through the process to obtain citizenship. And then there are those that are here, or Muslim, or anyone else, um, that is a U.S. citizen. Very big distinction there, right? Three, three groups. Now, let me first just say, in Newt's diagnosis of the problem, as you see in my essay today, it was spot on. Right? We can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. The problem we face is not networks, tactics, um, certainly not objects like trucks or guns or grenades. Right? It's not a problem with Al-Qaeda or ISIS. It's a problem with Sharia-based Islam. Not all 1.6 billion Muslims subscribe or really practice Sharia, but a heck of a lot of them do. Millions of them do, and that is the predominant set of laws in the Middle East. Um, as, I, as I pointed out in my piece, J- Justice Robert Jackson um, in the 1950s made a statement, and he was the famed Nur- Nuremberg prosecutor, very smart, respected individual, legendary in our country. Um, he just said, I mean, it, it is 180 degrees an- antithetical to our constitutional system. That that That's how it, Sharia is the problem. The, the, the reason why... There are so many people who go and blow themselves up is not because they were commanded to do so by a network. Sometimes it's the case. Often it's not. It's because they all study the same text that that tell, tells them to strike fear in the hearts of the infidel, and they go and do it. Um, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people willing to do that. There's even a larger number of people that might not be willing to give up their comforts of life to martyr themselves, but they sympathize with it and subscribe to it and and cultivate the climate for that and encourage their kids to do that or certainly don't stop it. This this is a lot greater than ISIS, which was freaking created in 2013, for goodness sakes. I mean, it was three years old. We've been having this problem for decades. Um, this is, it's nation states, it's Saudi Arabia, it's Pakistan, it's Iran. Um, it, it, and it's, you know, you look at the Pew polling from these countries, the overwhelming majority of people subscribe to Sharia. I mean, that, that is the reality. That is the civilization there. So the problem is Sharia. It's not something that you could say, well, okay, you want to immigrate here. Um, do you have a card that says ISIS on it? No, all right, you could come in. Uh, no, I mean, the problem is that there are people that um, they subscribe to Sharia. It's usually not necessarily them because um, they're busy kind of settling, but it's usually just and, – and there's um, there, there's socioeconomic reasons. There's psychological reasons why the immigrants themselves aren't as vulnerable to this, but it's their children who are grown or reared in a house of firm adherence to Sharia. They go ahead and, and, you know, get radicalized and, you know, they, they follow the dictates of the literal teachings that they are taught. Um, These are textbooks, schools, and mosques that encourage this, not just in the Middle East, but in Europe and in, in, in the United States. So, you know, you you go back to the three stages. So let's talk about those who want to immigrate. It is absolutely constitutional, and not just constitutional, but as I note in Stolen Sovereignty, my book, please order it online, Amazon.com, it, my book is not just about the judiciary, it ties into also national sovereignty. I discuss immigration policy. I have a whole chapter on our founders, what they believed on immigration, our early political leaders our history of immigration compared to what it is now. 
And I will tell you, it is absolutely antithetical to our history, tradition, and values on immigration to bring in mass numbers of migrants from the Middle East. We have never done that. Um, as I noted in, in, in my essay today, our political leaders were concerned that even the European immigrants you know, would adhere to our political values. That was the united view of immigration, but Republicans and Democrats, until really this generation. It was a bedrock value that we only bring in those who will champion our values, love our country. Not, not the way it is now that we'll bring in anyone and any, and everyone, even you know, even those that um, hate us, as long as they haven't had a proven record of ties to a known terror entity. No, I mean, immigration is an elective policy. Um, I have numerous quotes in my book from early founders. Basically, and this is basic international law since the dawn of nation states, a nation state, and this is rooted in the preamble of the Declaration of Independence of the governance by the the consent of the governed, a a, a society, a civil society um, settles an area, they form a government, the society predates the government, and they form the government, and only they can decide who comes into that club. Um, Any club, any nation state is, is no different than a glorified club. Who could come in, who could not come in, and under what circumstances they could come in and become a member of that society. Now, once they become a member of that society, they get all the rights um, of the society thereof and, and, you know, certainly aren't treated as second-class citizens. That absolutely is a constitutional value, a tradition of, of American republicanism. But again, let's start from level one. People have yet to come here or they want to come here. We could set the criterion any way we want. It could be stupid. It could be prudent. It could be discriminatory. It could be any, it could be anything. We could say we are not letting in anyone with green eyes and red hair. The, the, again, let's talk about legality. A country has that right. I have two chapters explaining this, the history behind it. It's inviolable settled law, international law, American law, constitutional law. You, you you could agree with it or, you know, as a matter of policy, but as a matter of legality, a country does reserve that prerogative. You could decide and debate in your legislature and in Congress um, through immigration law statutes how to what extent you want to exercise that discretion, that prerogative, but you absolutely do have it. So the notion that we would elect to bring in 150,000 from the Middle East, roughly, and that doesn't include all the non-immigrant visas, but certainly immigrant visas and long-term student visas, 150,000 a year, every year, given what we have now, given what we see in Europe, the lesson from what we're seeing in France is not Al-Qaeda or ISIS. It's the cumulative effect of two generations of mass migration from North Africa and the Middle East that they absolutely don't share those values. This terrorist from last night, there's thousands more in France, not, not in the Middle East, in France today that, that want to do what he's doing. And there's tens of thousands more that subscribe to it. Um, this was an immigration problem. They, they should never have done that. The notion that we're, we're not going to have a cool off is absurd. The, and again, and you'll you'll see from reading my book, our founders never envisioned even beginning immigration from there. And again, numbers matter. There's a difference between immigrants and immigration as an institution. 
you know, you could bring in a couple people, you know, very slowly from some areas and you vet them and, and you, you know, really encourage them um, to assimilate and you have a society geared to, towards that, which we don't have at, at the existing moment. And it could work because you're bringing in individuals, um, they, they could come from anywhere, that want to, that yearn to subscribe to our values. But when you bring in hundreds of thousands, when you bring in, you know, 1.5 million in a decade, when you bring in 680,000 in five years, larger than the entire Muslim population of Belgium, and, and you see the problems Belgium is having, that's, that's a scenario where you are now bringing in the Middle East. And the Middle East is not something anyone should want to bring in. Um, you're bringing in in as an institution. So prospectively speaking... Anyone who tells you that there's a constitutional First Amendment religious freedom right to um, to immigrate, to affirmatively come here and immigrate, thereby barring, thereby barring us from weeding out those that um, subscribe to Sharia, they are not just constitutionally um, illiterate. Um, they're just suicidal. I mean, this is suicide of Western civilization. We absolutely need a cool-off. That's the only way to empower those who want to become moderates, those who want to assimilate, is by ensuring we don't have this constant fresh flow. That is a no-brainer. That is where Newt Gingrich is correct. Now, there's two steps that now it grows with each one. What about if they are already here? What do you do all right, Daniel, we did, you know, we had stupid suicidal policies. They're ready in place. But what do you do now? I firmly agree you do not violate the Constitution to rectify the past mistakes. I mean, there, there's, you know, you're not going to do that. But there's a difference between those who became um, immigrants, the, who, who became citizens, and those who have not obtained citizenship yet. I want to be very clear about, about the, what the law and the Constitution says. If you are here as an LPR, legal permanent resident, you absolutely do have fundamental rights. You do have the right to freedom of speech and the right to freedom of, of religion to the extent that we can't imprison you um, for simply practicing your religion or freedom of speech. Right? You're allowed to say America sucks. Um, you know, you're allowed to say all sorts of hateful things if it doesn't cross the threshold of you know breaking a law or inciting violence or inciting insurrection and treason. You're allowed to harbor Sharia type of views inside, but you can be deported. What we can do is say goodbye. I mean, this is what we did with the communists, and we and we do have laws already on the books governing this. Now we could tighten those laws. We can make them even stronger. Uh, you know, you have to do this with due diligence. But I'm just saying, legally, you could kick out an immigrant for any reason. It could be a nasty reason. It could be discriminatory. It could be a prudent reason. It could be a stupid reason. The same way you could keep them out, this is settled law, the courts for 100 years of case law, that the same way a country could exclude anyone for any reason, they could deport anyone for any reason, and Congress has that plenary power to write those statutes. Again, following uh, Governor Morris's maxim, um, he was one of our great founders that addressed this, that any club has the right to um, exclude or allow in anyone they want, and and apply such conditions as they deem proper. So those conditions could be, we don't want you to subscribe to Sharia law. Now, for those, and there are hundreds of thousands that ha already have American citizenship, absolutely Newt Gingrich is wrong, or he needs to clarify a statement. Uh, you can't go and just you know say, we're going to give people a test where there's no probable cause, didn't do anything wrong, and then if you adhere to Sharia... 
um, you're deported. You can't deport U.S. citizens unless they um, forfeit their citizenship through treason. Um, you know, that's something Ted Cruz is working on, a very constitutional bill for those who went over to fight for ISIS. They can be deported and lose their citizenship. They could be denaturalized in that sense um, if they're a naturalized U.S. citizen. But you you, you can't do that. Um, you know, look, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be the first one to say I, 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 I want to throw out everyone who believes in Sharia. It is a hateful, despicable ideology. But let's face it, the left wants to go after anyone who has an ideology they don't like. Um, you know, for a U.S. citizen to be an Islamic supremacist is the same thing as being a white supremacist. Uh, you know, could you deport someone for being a member of a white supremacist group? No. No, I mean, if they haven't broken the law or engaged in anything, um, you can't jail them. And you can't, you know, if someone clicks on a website, you can't lock someone up for clicking on a website. Now, that is means of... of um, monitoring and you know there and and that's the point this is a straw man you don't have to do this as phil haney said he was on with us um a couple weeks ago the the dhs whistleblower they know the problems they know where the colonies are so what should we do so again stop the flow simple as that that that's non-negotiable for those who are already here but are immigrants if there aren't imams out there trash talking america you know, a U.S. citizen has a right to trash talk America. Um, an immigrant has the right to trash talk and not get jailed, but we could say goodbye. They should be deported. We should not have anyone in this country that is not a U.S. citizen that, that we could control in that sense that they, it is an elective policy that hates America. I'm sorry. That, that is something everyone should agree to. But if you are a U.S. citizen, that is a different story. What can we do? A, you stop by not allowing the arsonists to be the firefighters, as I, you know, I know some of you might be tired of my analogy with that, but, um, you know, imagine saying, man, you know, we need to just clear all the forests. Uh, I don't know how we deal with this. We just got to blow open the forest. Well, no, you could start by not engaging in arson. We could start by not giving security clearances to the Muslim Brotherhood. We could start by not legitimizing the Muslim Brotherhood. We could ban those community organizers that have ties to Hamas, and that is treason. And by the way, this is why we need to declare war. I, I, we should declare war on jihad We should and, and name a number of groups, and the Muslim Brotherhood included, and that will give us the legal authority to go after these these people. You break it up. Um you you actually don't have willful blindness and you you use the existing constitutional tools of law enforcement to monitor mosques and to go after this and you monitor websites with probable cause there there are there are legal ways and and this works through drug laws through all areas of um uh you know the criminal code has nothing to do with 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 being discriminatory towards muslims is you go to where the problem is um, but to take the step to imprison someone or deport a U.S. citizen, well, that's, that's a different story. You have to meet certain criteria, and there has to be due process for that. And, and, and that is a very dangerous precedent that, that Newt, Newt uh, is referring to, and it's, it's very unhelpful to this legitimate cause and the legitimate part of his diagnosis and, and, and the part as it relates to new immigration that absolutely needs to be addressed. What else we can do is also continuing with this analogy with the KKK. What did we do when we had, you know, rabid white supremacists in this country that just, you know, they had this virulent hatred for, you know, a lot of people that weren't like them? 
the same way Sharia Muslims uh, harbor Islamic supremacism. If you're a U.S. citizen, you can't just deport someone. Ultimately, this is a societal issue. Legally, it, more than legally, it's 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 a civil societal thing. While legally you can't do something to them again without probable cause and you know to go ahead and monitor and then due process to actually imprison them that they broke a law or engaged in treason. Society needs to shun them, and that's what we did with the KKK. We made them persona non grata. The media wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. The government wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. We have the government and the media elevating Muslim Brotherhood officials, CARE and ISNA and ICNA um, and MPAC and Muslim Student Association. These people, the foxes guarding the hen house, as the leaders of the Muslim community. And, and, they, and we downright intimidate the true reformists. We need to promote the reformists. Imagine if we had a president that instead of having an annual summit um, with individuals who are downright tied to Hamas and complicit in some of the domestic terrorists, um, like you know some of the um, imams at the Boston Islamic Society, Islamic Society of Boston, that <laughs> you know that's where some of the 9/11 hijackers prayed, the Boston bombers. Imagine if we had people like Dr. Zudi Jasser. This is a true reformist. This is a man who recognizes that Sharia is the root of the problem, and if if Islam wants to survive as a religion without the political supremacism, they need to reform. Dr. Zudi Jasser just wrote a letter, and, and I'm going to put in the show notes, y'all, y'all need to read it. He wrote an open letter to the media asking them why they shun him. They only promote care. Except for Fox News once in a while, none of the others will even have him on. So again, this is a societal issue. If A, we stop the flow of new um, immigrants from the Middle East until there is a reformation, and B, we deport those immigrant non-citizens that are fomenting hatred in the mosques and elsewhere, and C, we shun those that are even U.S. citizens but we shun them from society for harboring Islamic supremacists in the same way we shun white supremacists and other hateful people. Again, very clear. You have a First Amendment right to be a white supremacist. You have a First Amendment right to be a Islamic supremacist. But you don't have a right to immigrate. You don't have a right to remain here if you're an immigrant. And as a society, we shouldn't bless that. We should shun that. That is how you deal with it. That is the moral, constitutional, legal, prudent, common sense way of dealing with this. So once again, Newt obviously diagnosed the problem correctly. Part of this vetting Sharia is absolutely true on an immigrant level, but where he goes and says, you know, jail anyone without due process who clicks on a website or um, deport U.S. City, you know, presumably men, even U.S. citizens um, who just adhere to Sharia you can't do that. I mean, that's the thing. It is, uh, and I'll be the first to tell you, we should not have made the mistakes we made with the immigration policies, but we got to stop it. You follow the Constitution, you follow prudence, you put your faith in God, country, patriotism, we could solve this problem. You know, everyone keep safe over the weekend. Make sure you're packing. Maybe one, two firearms. Exercise your right. Don't let the liberals take it away from you. Just like we don't want to ban the First Amendment, we don't want to ban the Second Amendment. 
It's a false choice. We don't have to choose between liberty, prudence, our history and tradition and the Constitution. They actually all work harmoniously together. And while you're at it, while you're packing your your 9mm or 45 cal, go ahead and um, go out either to bookstore or Amazon.com, order Stolen Sovereignty, Get the Truth, How to Stop the War on Our Sovereignty. And thank you all for listening. God bless. This has been a special episode of the Conservative Conscience.